discussing gut milk. And uh, we began a few weeks ago, what causes us to lose our appetite? Something's caused us to lose our appetite of the Word of God. So uh, two, three weeks ago, I, we talked about hairs and the food and people sneezing on your hamburgers and all kinds of stuff that make you say, hey, I'm full. Okay. These are horizontal sins. So First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says this, dealing with us, the church. He says, I want you to lay aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies. Lay away all envy and slander of every kind, which is evil speaking. We're going to get to that. These are horizontal sins. And we, we found out this, that some people lose their desire for the word of God because of what other people does to them. Now, the first problem is we, the reason why we're, we're full, we don't need it to come hear the Word of God, is we're full of ourselves. Now, we're not going to talk about that, but I'll tell you, that happens more than you can imagine. You already know it. You've already been there. You got the T-shirt. And I'll tell you, he says he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So I'm just telling you this morning, the word Matthew 2, he said, when he, he said, I want you to make disciples. That means to tear down their structure. It, it really is true. It's called Matthew 2. It's, it's, another, it's another message. But we're going to bulldoze down whatever you come erected in here, see. So we've been talking about this. So we talked about malice. It means explosive emotions. Mr. Nitro married Miss Glister and they had a baby called Boomer. We talked about that. You can't control your temper. And not being able to control your temper is the biggest turnoff for other Christians. Don't do it. Last week we talked about guile, delo. Guile means that Peter used the word guile. It means a fisherman term. He knows that the fish is not going to bite a, a brass hook, so he sacrifices another life on the hook while it's kinking and screaming in order to get what he wants. Don't use other people to get your stuff. Don't sacrifice other people's well-being, life, and emotions just to get what you want. That's guile. And I don't have time, but I'll tell you the Bible is full of beguiled. Satan beguiled Eve. Paul said, I hope that you're not beguiled. It means the trick is on you. You trick people, but now then the trick is on you. And so this word guile is nothing new in the New Testament at all. So I don't really want to spend much time, so we're going to cover three in 20 minutes. How's that? So we're getting rid of this stuff. It's, it's, hurt, it's hurting your diet for the Word of God. If you're full of explosive emotions, you really don't want the Word of God. If you're in the business of, of, of loving stuff and using people instead of loving people and using stuff, you really don't want to hear what the Word of God says because Jesus said, serve one another. Give yourself away. You don't want to hear that. We live in a society that's all about the Holy Trinity, me, myself, and I. It's not about you anymore. So the third one we're going to deal with is hypocrites or hypocrisies. And somebody said, well, I don't go to church because of all the hypocrites. Oh, come on, there's room for one more. You might as well. So I'm, I'm going to go through this one pretty quick because I don't want to hurt your feelings because there's a wealth of information in this. But hypocritus is a word for hypocrites, hypocrisies with a plural. Now, the King James used the word hypocrisies with a plural, so it's not just a person. Hypocritus is where we get where hupo is, is under, and kratis where we get is, 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 is a mask or design or covering. You put them both together, it's someone wearing a mask. This was in Greek theaters. This was nothing bad. Some of you remember this of the Three Stooges when it off. It had at the very end of it, how many of you ever watched Three Stooges? 
County Music Practice, they're still alive and well. And, and, and they showed these two masks. One is frowning and one is smiling. That's Hippocrates. It means, so back then, not everybody was talented enough to be in a play. So they, what they had to do is, if they may only had 10 or 12 that could actually act, so what they would do is they'd give them a mask. So one scene, they may be cowboy and Indians, and the next scene, they may be an oil field worker. Who knows? They didn't have thousands of people that could sing and act, so what they would do is, is they put on a mask. Hippocrates means a look-like, a pretender, imposter, fraud, to wear the mask of another. That's what it means. And I really don't think there's that many hypocrites in the church, or in this church. I think we're all sinners, saved by grace, that we still have imperfections. But we're not trying to sell you any lie here. Yes, it's it's kind of like, like in a play, one of these guys wearing a bear suit. I'm a bear. And he wears it to town. And he goes, I'm a bear. And they're going, you're not a bear. <laughs> I'm a bear. You're not a bear. You may have a bear outfit on, and you may be grumpy like a bear, but you're not a bear. But the idea is we're not trying to sell you something that who we're not. You understand me? We are the righteous of God. And we still deal with stuff, but I'm not trying to sell you something that I'm not. It, the, the idea of that is, is, is this. Is that it's kind of like Hippocrates tying a red cape around your neck, wearing light blue men's stretchy pants, and look like Superman. Man, it's not enough that you can jump off the garage and fly to another county. Just because you put on a mask and just because you, you wear certain apparel doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are. So he said, first of all, he said, don't be explosive in your emotions. Don't be Mr. Hothead. Don't do it. Or Mrs. Hothead. Number two, don't use other people to get what you want. But number three, don't be an imposter. Just, there's only one of you. The Bible says that God had one only son, monogenesis, one of a kind. And he only made one of you, thank God. And because he made one of you, you're, you're, you're very important and very valuable. So just be you. The two hardest things that we can do is to not be who we are and to be who we're not. So just be you. Just be you. And, and you'll get through life a lot better, all right? It's kind of like, you know, Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. I mean, we would lose the appeal if everywhere he went, he goes, I'm Forrest Gump. You're not. Yes, I am. Me and Jenny like peas and carrots. You're not. You're Tom Hanks. Quit taking that actor's role to be who you are because you're not. So the great thing about it is this. We don't have to be hypocrites about this. We can just be who we are, and we can humble ourselves. We can honor God and love God. We can work together. And if we make a mistake, the Bible says that, that people fall six times, but they'll give it the seventh time. But we're not imposters. We're people that love God, and, and we're not trying to fool anybody here. As Popeye says, I am what I am. All right? And this is kind of who I am when you work with me and where we go. I mean, I'm just, this is who I am. So the third one is, is hypocritical. It doesn't mean like some old bit. It just means hypocritical. Just be you. The fourth one is very important. It's called envy. Envy. Envy is known to be the silent killer. And you can say, well, nothing, nothing, you know, about hypocrisies, nothing makes me lose my appetite like a hypocrite. Be careful with that. 
because we all wear masks from time to time. And it, and it could be another mask. It could be a mask that you're not good, but you're t- pretending to be good. It's the same hypocrites. So, somebody, they know you're hurting. You say, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm fine. Never better day of my life. You just lied. So we have to be careful in, on both sides of what mask we wear. Because the Bible says that, that let us confess our faults or infirmities. Athanas means where we get it for asthma to one another that we can be healed. So if, if you have a little asthma, if you have little infirmities, just be honest and say, you know what, brother, in private, remember when you pray tomorrow, pray for me. That's it. The third one is envy. Finals is a word for envy. It's a deep felt grudge towards another because of their position, possessions, or power of influence. This is envy. Envy is what we're known as the old green-eyed monster in action. The green-eyed monster is jealousy. So when you see these words envy, I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you something, that having envy in your life will kill your appetite for the Word of God. You'll do it. Matter of fact, it's you're angry because someone has what you want. That's my version. Envy. He only names five. And if he names five, I mean, can't we say there's probably 10,005 reasons why we lose our appetite for the things of God because of just one thing, taxes, government, changes of leadership. I mean, we can name, he just names five. So evidently, these five are pretty important. Being envious, it means that you have a deep grudge for someone because of their position, power, of influence, or their possessions. Envy. Well, I wish I had that, or I wish I had that. Listen, you, you don't have that, so don't be envious of it. Don't covet. It's an Old Testament word for covet. Don't be envious of it. I can't sing like Melissa. It, it's, you know, that's just the way it is. I've sung the same song she sung. It doesn't sound anything like So I could just say, well, you know, it's not fair, God. Well, I'm, instead of just being envious of her, I should celebrate what she can do. So you may ask, is envy that big of a deal? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is called the, the works of the flesh, found in Galatians chapter number 5. I think the ladies' class is dealing with the fruit of the Spirit. This is Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to read. It's 19 through 21, but this is the King James, and I want to read starting here. Envy, murders, drunken, revelings. Can we say that together? Those four, envy, murders, and drunkenness. You, King James. All right. Let's go show the NIV, which is the original tech manuscript. And envy. The word murder is not there. So you're going to ask yourself, the NIV and the, the ESV is almost the most accurate manuscripts that we have as far as the original lexicon. So why is it that the King James left out the word murder? I'm sorry. Why did the King James add the word murder when the original manuscripts, it's not in there? Because the writers of that time felt like that the word envy was so strong that the next step was murder. So some of you are saying, nonsense. Really? 
Mark chapter, I wrote this in here. They perceived the word envy to be so strong that it would drive a person to murder in order to get what they want. This is found in Mark chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. This is dealing with Jesus. Do you want me to release you, the king of the Jews, as Pilate? And what's the response? Knowing it was out of self-interest that the priest handed Jesus over to him. Show the King James, if you would. Pilate answered them, saying, Will you that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And what's the response? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him because of envy. So what was the end result of the Jews being envious toward Jesus? And the answer was murder. And I want to say this to you in the nicest, kindest, most Christian way. You can kill people in your sleep, in your dreams. You can hate someone so much that you can kill them and assassinate them in their dreams because you're envious of their power positions or whatever they have. But I'll tell you, the end result of envy is murder. Don't do it. Because I'll tell you, there's been more murders committed with the tongue than a knife and a gun in the church, and you can imagine. Number five is evil speakings. Kalalalia. Kata is down, and lelilo means to talk or to use words or language. By definition, it means to take down with talk or to use words as a weapon to take down another one. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life or in the power of the tongue. He names five things. If you get in the habit of cannot control your emotions, number two, if you get in the habit of using other people to get what you want, number three, if you're so hypocritical here and you're somebody else just, just, to, just to fool people, if you're so envious of other things and other churches and, and other business and all these things, I'm telling you what now, it, it leads to murder. It's no good. And the last one is, is that kalalelia, it is that you begin to make your life as tearing other people down. No bueno. And so what happens is that Peter is dealing with a church. And he says, if, if, if this is your diet, no wonder you don't want to partake of God's Word. No wonder you don't want to enter it. If you get all these hidden things, it's covered up and it's masked up. And, 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 and you may not say it in public, but you go to the women's restroom, the men's restroom, you, and you know you talk about something and you say, oh my gosh, I don't know what they were saying. It was horrible. You're killing what God's given life to. So, these five things that Peter thought it was so important because it makes you lose your appetite when you come in to receive the Word of God. Okay? So let's, because Easter's next week, let's, let's, let's talk about the milk of the Word. First Peter chapter 2 and 2, he says this, 
as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So the Bible tells us to desire the sincere milk of the word. The word desire means demand it. Some, your Bible says crave. That's okay, but it goes beyond that. Demand it, that you may grow up in your salvation. The correct translation says you may grow up thereby. You may grow up in your salvation. So how can you grow up in your salvation? It's, it's, it's so-and-so. It's mind, body, and spirit. You can't grow up in what Jesus has done for you in your heart, but you can grow up in your mind, and you can grow up in your body, and, and you can grow up in your thinking, and you can grow up and develop and mature to be a, a great young Christian developed into a, a great Christian man or woman. That's what the Word of God does. It helps you to grow. So we covered that. So this is the key important this morning about sincere. Sincere is a word called, it's, it's, it's adolos, and the A is always negative in the Greek. Dolos has everything to be with, it means to be uh, contaminated. There's, there, there's a, there, there, it's, it's been mixed, it's, it's, it's been mingled with, but you put the A in front of it, it means the opposite of that. It means to be pure, undiluted, full strength, full potential. No preservatives, no added anything. It is what it is. He's telling you that when you begin to change your diet of malice, guile, being a hypocrite, being envy, and talking people trash on people, then you're going to start craving the pure Word of God that has not been mixed, has not been diluted, and has not been polluted. Now, the Apostle Paul says it a little bit better. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17. He says it like this. We are not as many. He said, we're not like everybody else, which corrupt the word of God. The word corrupt is a word called kapolos. It, it's a bartender's term. Now, I know you don't even know what a bartender is, but I'll explain to you. A bartender is a guy that mixes milk and cookies and handies it to you. But the word kapolos, it means this. You remember the, 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 the mayor of the town in the wedding feast of Jesus? He said it. He said, this is weird. This thing's been going on for weeks. And in every tavern that I've ever been to and every festival that I've been to, you serve the strong drink first and then you end up with Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> now, some of you start there and I understand there. Kaplos means, the bartender's term, it means this is to water down the wine. So in the wedding feast of Jesus, this guy says, he said, this is, a, this is the weirdest party I've ever been to. Usually everybody starts with a full strength, and by the time that the night goes on, they've diluted one part of wine to nine parts of water. The apostle Paul said, I am not like everybody else. I don't water nothing down. I don't pollute nothing down. I don't mix nothing down. It's the Word of God, and it's the full impact of the Word of God. And this is the problem. Absolutely. This is what some of you are used to. You get a little bit of the Word, and you get a whole lot of fluff. I, don't, I told you last week, I am not a motivational speaker. I am a demotivational speaker. I'm not here to motivate you. I'm here to get the Word of God in you. 
I'm not here to tell you that God will prevent things coming your way. I'm just here to tell you when things come your way, you won't fold like a bad lawn chair. My goodness. So when he says you'll desire this sincere word of, the, of, of God that you may grow and develop, he said, watch this. He said, demand only the pure word of God. And I, I, I know now some of you are going to nap for about three minutes, but listen, you should demand it of me to give you full strength. Don't come in here and say, well, my grandpa said and my mama said and I heard. I don't care what they said. If it does not line up to exact what the Word of God says and what it means, it needs to be out. I'm not saying that they don't have their own opinion, but their opinions is not really weighed in the things of God. We've got to know truth because it is the truth that sets us free or keeps us free. So it's, it's, it's got to be, it's got, it's got be the real deal. It's got to be it. It's got to be it. And I was raised in the Assembly of God Church, and I'm telling you, my goodness, as I look back now, oh, they watered down so much stuff. No wonder, my, watch this, no wonder my life wasn't being changed. It was one part water, one part wine, and nine parts water. <laughs> Until one day, I got hold of the Word, and it got hold of me. And somebody said, oh, why, don't you, why don't you do that? I don't want to do that. I just want to teach biblical principles. I, I don't make people happy. I can't please people. People come and go. They get mad at me. You know, that's just the way it is. But I do know how to teach biblical principles. And I think I'll stick to that. And if you don't line up, then the consequences are there. If you're not a giver of this church, the consequences are there. You can pay them now or you can pay them later, but you're going to give it. That's the way it is. Don't look at me. I didn't write that. He wrote it. I mean, if you're going to be explosive in your emotions and you're going to blow up everything around you and everybody, there's consequences for that. But I, I owe it to you. You should demand. You should demand it from me. Whether I've had a good... You shouldn't say, did you have a good week this week? Oh, well, I didn't have a good... Well, it didn't go easy on us. Just, just dig up something from the archives of, of fluff and stuff. Listen, you should demand. You say, listen, buddy, I don't care if you've had a good week or a bad week. I need the Word of God. I don't want it watered down. I don't want it mixed down. I don't want fluff and stuff. I don't want doctrine. I don't want religion. I want the real deal. Did you know that newborn babies do not want 2%, 1%, or half and half, or skim milk? Don't you like them babies pictures when they, all they got is a diaper on and, and their belly sticking out? I got one at Ron's Edge like that. It was last year. But besides that, I mean, I mean, I mean, you, you see them babies? I mean, I mean, over all the time. Well, we got grandkids and it's hilarious. They got these, they got these diapers on and their and their guts sticking out. And I never had one say, Papa, does this diaper make my bottom look big? I mean, they don't say things like that. Babies are not on a diet. Babies are not wanting to look good. Babies are wanting to get fat. The Bible says the righteous are fat. See, we have been so programmed that we've got to be anorexic and we've got to be small and slender and graceful when it comes to things of God. And I'm telling you, that's not the sincere, pure, unmixed, undefiled Word of God. The Word of God is the Word of God. 
and I'm telling you, you'd be better off to come in here and get it, and, 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 and the whole thing, it don't need to be 2%, it don't need to be 1%, it don't need to be skim, it don't need to be half and half. It needs to be the Word of God. Amen. Now, and and, and I, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, it's just the way it is. You should demand it of me. And, and some of you do. Some of you come in here and say, you know, I was taught this. What do you think? I say, it don't matter what I think, but this is what the Word says. And then a 30-second question will take me 10 minutes. You know me. So babies, babies will spit out 1%, 2% skill milk, and if they could talk, they go, what is this stuff? I want the full power. I want the full strength. I want the real deal. Because I don't know about you, buddy, but I'm trying to put on some weight here. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll meet somebody in the street and we'll shake hands and you, we'll see them bow their head before a meal and say, what kind of church you go to? I go to Baptist church. Immediately, you, you turn them off. Say, oh, well, I'm Pentecostal. Well, I, maybe some of you, because you're Pentecostal, still going through therapy. I don't know. <laughs> but if you're not careful, these other doctrines and these other things will mix and dilute and pollute the real Word of God. I'd rather have you come in here and not knowing anything than you come in here thinking you and everything because it'll take me longer to tear you down and break you down and waterboard you. You know, Paul deals with his Corinthians. He said, you're like babies. You're around and, and you speak things of, of slander. It, you, you put a toddler, you put a toddler, you put a toddler on the floor. And I mean, he's like a human vacuum cleaner, isn't he? He can't walk. So all he, all, now he's on all, he's quadruped. I mean, he's just, I mean, he just, he's all over. And then, and then you look up and, and he's got fur and fuzz and, and cat litter and all kinds of stuff. Because he puts stuff in his mouth. It's, it's like, watch it, it's just like, Newborn believers, they just put everything in the mouth. And I grab them up. I said, where did you get that? You start pulling stuff out. And quit putting that in your mouth. Listen, and people come to church in the nicest way, and they'll say, and they'll say where did you hear that at? Well, I heard on the radio. Well, quit putting that stuff in your mouth. If you don't know it to be truth, if you hadn't examined it, if you hadn't put it under a microscope, if you hadn't asked somebody that maybe know the true definition, quit saying stuff like that. Because you're, you're, you're adulterating someone else's thinking on the Word of God. You're, the word adulterate means mix, if you don't know that. It means a mix. So the idea is that once you come in there and you say, you know what, I might have been taught that way, I might have been taught this, about the 16 fundamentals of the, the cardinal faith, the sins of God, I might have been talking about that. And one of the biggest killers about water baptism, and I shoot all that stuff down because the only thing that is important to me in this church is Jesus him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And there's a whole lot of stuff to go with it, but the, he's on the main menu and that other stuff is just fillers. Plastic plants, cardboard waffles, that's all it is. So what we need and what we want is 
is only found in God's Word. And God's Word is the only thing that not only can satisfy us, but watch this, not only will it feed us, but it also fix us as well. The story goes something like this. That in a small town that they wanted to open a manufacturing, one of a kind. They called, they called the local engineer and told him what they wanted to do. And he said, I can make it. I'll have to design it, but I can make it. So it took him about a year to make it, but he made it. A piece of machinery that did exactly what they wanted, one of a kind. There was no blueprints to it. He just made it and it worked for, for years until one day it developed a, a bad tap. Clicking noise. Humming noise. So they immediately called him and they said, we need you to come fix this. It's horrible. It's making a lot of racket. It sounds like something is, is about to come apart on the inside. So he drives down. He pulls out of his pocket a small hammer. He looks around it and hits this thing one time. And it stops. And he said, that's amazing. He hands him a bill for $10,000. And the owner says, my goodness, why is it so high? And he said, well, it's $1 for the hammer. And then it's $9,999 to know exactly where it hit it. God knows exactly where to tap you. He knows exactly where you're about to come apart. He knows that on the inside you feel like that your life is, is about to disassemble. But it never fails that every time that I picked up the Word of God and I read a scripture, that scripture knew exactly where to tap me. Did you know cows don't give milk? You have to milk a cow. Did you know that cows do not give milk? Anybody here worked on a dairy? Is it true or not true that you could just lay in bed and the cow will bring you all the milk you want? <laughs> here you go, buddy. Just stay in bed. Cows don't give milk. You have to milk them. Let's see your Bible. So if the sincere milk of the Word of God is in here, which it is, and you say, oh yeah, the Word of the, word of the Lord would heal me and fix me. Uh, I didn't get nothing out of it. It takes effort on your part. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Spadazzo. Spadazzo is a word for hard work. And once you begin, and so this is the idea. Cows don't get milk. This is the deal. You have to milk them to get it. It takes effort on your part. It's a joint effort. The Word of God will heal you and fix you, but watch this. By just opening it, it's not going to jump off the pages like a leprechaun and magically do something to you. 
Here's your one, Neil. Do not fear because I've redeemed you. And I've called you by name. And you're mine. When, not if. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when, not if, you walk through the fire of trials in this world, you will not be scorched. The flames won't even send you because I am the Lord your God. He knows where to tap you. He knows where to touch you. And with all honesty, this morning I wish I could tell you that Jesus himself appears to me three nights a week and he does that, but he does not. But I found him to touch me as I begin to go through his word. And as I begin to read his word with with an honest heart and an open mind, the milk of God's word begins to satisfy my heart. And Neil, a few days ago that I understand it even today and I understand that your life seems to be coming apart and the pieces are coming apart, but I'm telling you, he knows where to tap you. And he says, you're mine. Holy Spirit, this morning I ask you to do what only that you could do. As I pray that you would just fully embrace us this morning to know that we're loved. I found it to be true that that your love has no end. Your love for me is greater than my sins. And I pray today that as we the body of Christ, when we leave this place, that you know exactly where to tap us. You know exactly where to touch us. Your word knows exactly where to meet our need. I want to know truth. I want to know the full power of your word. I want to know the power of your resurrection. I don't want to go through it anymore. I just don't want my name on a church roster. I want to know what it's like to have authority and kingdom principles in my life. I want the word of God to be the milk, the source, the nutrients. I want to be fat in your word that I can endure every storm that may come our way in the days that awaits us. So that's our prayer this morning. Tap us, touch us. You know what we need. You know where we are. We're worried about our children, our grandchildren. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. And we're just about to come to part. But you made us. You know us. You know our frame. And you know where we need to be touched. And if you'll touch us, if you'll touch me there, it'll heal my mind. So this morning, touch us. In Jesus' name.
If you believe that this morning, stand with me and give the Lord a praise offering, would you please? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Cows don't give the milk. You got to milk it. So let's, let's make an agreement this morning. Let's be good students of his word. Let's humble ourselves and ask God to fill us with his word that he will meet our needs. Communion servers, if you'll make your way this morning, we celebrate Holy Communion every week. You know this. It really fulfills the dichotomy of, of, of who we are in our nature of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. These are the last two things spoken by Jesus. The, the last two tracks of a roadmap that He left for us until He comes. He said, take this body. Eat of this bread. Partake of this cup until I come again. That was a commandment. It wasn't a suggestion. So that night it, that he sat down with his disciples and he lifted up the bread and he said, for thousands of years, you've been celebrating this ordinance that was established through Moses. It was the unleavened bread. The bread that there was no yeast in it that It was a picture of being removed from Egypt. But he said, from now on, this, this bread will represent my body. I am the bread of life. The vicarious one that had no sin. And every time that you eat of this bread, it, it reminds you of me. Jesus became the bread of life for all of us. He took the cup and lifted it up and he said, this, this cup is was identified in the Old Testament. It was the Lamb's blood that was taken and placed upon the doorpost in the shape of a cross. But Jesus said, now I am the New Testament Lamb of God and my blood will be taken and placed in the shape of a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And every time that you celebrate the cup and the bread, it will remind you of me. That's the word of the Lord. So Father, we, we honor you and your son this morning. We bless this cup and we bless this bread. And for everyone that will partake of it, they'll find life unmixed, undefiled, unpolluted. It's just a sincere Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen.